church is under attack today uh, like never before. The devil's trying to close down everything he can. So need you to stay faithful. Amen. What a beautiful song. That's an appropriate song. I said uh, there's hope. And she mentioned hope in that song. We'll talk a little bit about that. But my sermon this morning is on faith. And hope is a part of that. I'll show you. We need faith more than ever right now. Bible teaches the just shall live by faith. And not only does that mean salvation, but it means that we're to live according to faith. Faith has a lot of definitions. Okay, we, it, uh, one of them is, and its simplicity is confidence. One of them is trusting. One is believing. It's all of those things. It has many definitions. The word is used different ways. When we talk about the faith, it means all the beliefs of the Christian. And then talk about your faith, that's your individual faith. I want to kind of analyze faith this morning. Now, I'm a, I've been a teacher my whole life. I'm a math major, so I analyze things. But, but there's a purpose for it, okay? I've learned a long time ago that if people understood the makeup of faith and how it works, it can help us hold on to faith longer than we usually do. I'll show you where faith fails most of the time once you understand how it works. So if you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 10, verse number 17. I appreciate Pastor Lynn asking me to come. I'm doing evangelism now these days. I am teaching Sunday school again at our, our church in Silver Springs. Uh, I was pastor there for 17 and a half years. But now I, I get to get out once in a while, and I appreciate him having me come. You have a beautiful church here and a good spirit. Amen. You can have a beautiful building and not have a good spirit. So it's good to have the good spirit. Amen. So I want you to get this idea down that faith has three major requirements. Or we could say it's made up of three elements, as a math teacher might talk about. Okay. Uh, these, these requirements and elements that make up faith are critical. And without the three working together, faith fails. Faith must have always this triune nature, this trinity form. You're going to have to have all the three things I'm going to talk about this morning at the same time, or faith won't work. The world uses the term faith and often in a different way than the Bible does. We need to get our understanding and our definitions from the Word of God, not from the world. Okay? I often, people who gamble, they, they say, I have faith, I'm going to win today. That's not the way the Bible uses faith. That's, uh, that's actually positive thinking, and we'll uh, show what that is in just a minute here. But anyway, we're going to get down these three principles today, these three requirements for faith, and I really hope it will be a help to you. Many people told me over the years that this sermon was a great help to them in their Christian life. And we'll, we'll get into it after this last statement I want to say. It says in Hebrews 11:6. That without, without faith, it's impossible to please God. We need to live by faith, or we don't please God. Amen? If you please God, He's going to bless you a whole lot more than if we displease Him. Amen? Amen. So you can say amen to me. It's like sick him to a bulldog and get me, get me going a little bit. Okay, the first requirement for faith is that it is based on the Word of God. Let's look at Romans 10, 17, if you got that. It says this, so then faith cometh by hearing. Let's see, am I on this mic? I don't need this guy. Okay. 
that all right if I do that? Okay. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith, biblical faith is based on the word of God. It's not based on your positive thinking or your ideas. Positive thinking is a big thing in the world today. Okay. Once you understand Christians need to be positive, we should be more positive than anybody. I'm positive that what God said will come to pass. Amen. Amen. I'm positive of his promises. Okay. But, but it's not, but I, it's, it's not my thinking. It's whatever God says. So faith comes by hearing. In other words, when God tells you a promise or gives you a command, you can put your faith in what he said. Okay. Because God's word is infallible. It can't fail. The real understanding of faith in the biblical Christian life is that it's based on something that cannot fail. The world, you can you can have all the positive thinking you want about you're going to win on a slot machine or something, but that's not guaranteed, amen? But God's word is guaranteed. And we a Christian comes to his fullest maturity in the life of faith when you believe every single thing that God said. We are, I have sermons, a whole series on faith, but one of them is called Selective Faith. Sometimes we're real, we believe them here, but we don't believe them over here, amen? And that's normal, you understand? It takes growing, and it takes training, and trust God for this, and then you trust him a little more, and then you trust him a little more, and our faith grows. Abraham went through a sequence. He didn't always trust God and did wrong. Finally, he came to a place in his life where the Bible says he was fully persuaded, fully persuaded. So we see then the first requirement for faith is that it's based on the word of God. The second thing, go to Hebrews chapter 11. The second requirement for faith is hope. Hope is a critical part of faith. We'll look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Okay, it says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it's the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. I'm going to pray and ask God to help. Father, I just pray your blessings now as we get into this. Lord, I believe, as uh, you've shown me in the past, if we understand the makeup of faith and how it works, we can combat being defeated at it by knowing where we need to fix things. So, Lord, just bless. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We see the second step here for faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Uh, the word substance there is a key word. It means the realization. So when you put your faith in the promise of God, the coming to pass of it, okay, is based on hope. You need to have hope. All right. I'm going to give you a great illustration in the Bible in just a minute. So it says the faith that we have uh, is the reality of it or the substance, the coming to pass of it. Okay. It's, uh, it comes about by our putting our hope in the word of God. You can always put your hope in the Word of God because the Word of God is infallible. Can't fail. If God's called you to do something, you can do it. Amen? You may, he's, he calls a lot of us in the ministry. Called me to Silver Springs to build a church. There was no building there. There was no church to rent. There was no place to start. And God, we just went and started because God said, go do it. And he did miracle after miracle. Brother Rick has seen some of the miracles out there. He's helped on our roof a few times. And uh, you, you just go do what God says. If he's called you to do something, you can do it. Amen? You have to step out. You don't always have the the vision is not always clear. Uh, 
the pathway is not always clear, but the end result is always clear. If you don't fail in faith, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. All right. So hope then is the second element. The third element for faith is, let's go to James, the next book over, chapter 2, is called action or works. Okay, so are you with me so far? How many things does faith take? Three? Okay, the first one is it's got to be based on the Word of God, not some other teaching or whatever, philosopher, science or whatever. If it's the Word of God, it's infallible. You can put your hope in whatever God says. And then... Faith still won't work unless we take some kind of an action. All right, so I'm going to read James chapter 2, verse number 14. It says, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works? Can faith save him? I want you to relate the word works there with action, some kind of an action. Okay. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which they are needful to the body. What does it profit him? So a lot of times we do that. Somebody needs something. We have what we need to help them. But we just say, oh, I'll pray for your brother. Now, there are some things so big we can't help. And prayer is the only thing you can do. Amen. So we need to balance that out. Right. Verse 17. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Faith, can, faith doesn't work alone. It needs all three of the parts working together. Verse 18, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. So the writer here in the inspired scripture says he'll, show, he'll prove his faith by the works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. So the devils know there's one God. Knowledge is not enough. They believe in God. They fight against him. Amen. But they don't follow him. Our faith must be an obedient obedience to the word of God, in line with the word of God. Verse 8, verse 20. But wilt thou now know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? There's that great statement again. Then he illustrates Abraham here. Was not Abraham our father justified by works? when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar. Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers and had sent them out uh, another way. And here's a great illustration. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. What a great teaching. When our you're, you're not, A body is not dead unless the spirit leaves it permanently. You hear a lot of these medical stories. Someone's on the table and they said they died and they came back. Well, they died by man's definition, but not God's. God's definition is when your spirit leaves that body for good, then you're dead. <laughs> okay? So, anyway, we see then these three critical things. Faith doesn't work in simplicity. Faith doesn't work without some kind of an action. So now I want to go to 
to me, the greatest story about faith in the whole Bible. Go to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14. And we're going to read about Peter walking on the water. And we're going to learn how all this works. Amen? And we're using the Bible to illustrate it. I want to, just the point I'm trying to get across this morning is, if you don't have all three of these things working together, faith isn't going to work for you. And we won't please God. All right, let me just quickly say it in case I leave it out somewhere along the line. The biggest area we fail in in faith, to make faith fail, is we lose hope. That's the biggest area I have seen in 44 years in the ministry. Most people, they say, I'm going to trust God for this, and if he doesn't answer your prayer in 10 minutes, it's hopeless. Amen, anybody ever said it's hopeless? How many catch yourself saying it's hopeless once in a while. Anybody, honestly? Uh, a few. Anyway, okay. Well, that's going to be a danger sign. That's going to be like a, a red light coming on in your car saying your oil's low. Amen? Whenever you catch yourself saying, oh, it's hopeless, it, that's the man nature side of you. That's not good. That's going to destroy your faith, which pleases God. Here's what you got to remember. you got to go back and remember. If God said it, it's infallible. It has to work. Or God would cease to be God. His word can't be broken. Amen? It has to work. we got to come to the place where we have total confidence, trust, and belief that when God said it, it's got to work. I believe it so much, just like Abraham did, that if God called me to do something and I set out to do it and I got killed on the way, he'd resurrect me back up to go finish it. Amen? Abraham's trusted God enough to sacrifice his son because God said the line's coming through his son. He knew God, it says in Hebrews, he knew God would raise his son back up. That was That's pretty much the ultimate test. Amen. <laughs> they have to sacrifice your son. But we need to come to the place where we believe God. If he said it and it's called you to do something and gave you a promise, you can claim, you can claim that until you go to heaven. And once you claim something, you need to then put your hope. Once you hear it, you can put your hope in it. And you must not lose hope until it's fulfilled. One of the definitions of faith is uh, the earnest expectation of the fulfillment of the thing desired. Amen. Faith will always come about to bring about the substance or the realization of it. Does that make sense? Hebrews 1.11. Now faith is the substance or the coming to pass of the thing that's hoped for. And your hope is in the word of God. Amen? Amen. Uh, one sad thing that's always bothered me is so many Christians don't know enough promises of God to claim them. That's sad. Amen? Boy, if you once you get hold of this and realize everything God said has to work, you ought to get in there and start getting some of their promises and then pray like David and some of the others. They prayed back his word to him. They say, Lord, you said. <laughs> Amen? Then you don't go there with, with a bad attitude say, Lord, you said. No, you go there in great humility and say, Lord, your word says that if I do this, you'll do this. You go there with humility and God loves that. That's what the so great prophets prayed like that. We need to pray like that because it shows God you heard his word. It shows God you understood his word. It shows God you believe the word and you're going to trust him. He, he wants you to pray like that. Amen. We should be praying a lot of prayers and say, let's say, Lord, you said. Amen. That 
I'll have to amen myself because I'm used to that. But anyway, okay. So let's go to uh, this great story now and analyze the story here and see how all this works. Uh, verse number 22 in Matthew 14. Jesus, by the way, in the passage just before this, he finished feeding 5,000. So let me read verse 21. And they went, uh, and they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. So this is that, and they had five loaves and two fishes. This is a, another one of the Gospels telling the story. There wasn't just 5,000 men. There was 5,000 men and women and children there. God fed them with five loaves and two fishes. And they took up 12 baskets extra left over. They had more when they were done feeding maybe eight, 10,000 people than when they started. So he did a great miracle. Now verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him onto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. When the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, that's about between three and six in the morning, Jesus went on to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. This this fear thing is all the way through the Bible. We are creatures of fear. And we learn we need to learn not to fear. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, peace, and a sound mind. Amen? But you're going to see that fear is one of the big stoppers of faith. Verse 28, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Uh, listen, I prayed a lot of prayers, but I never said, Lord, I'd like to walk on the water. Amen? Amen. And I often wondered if God is going to illustrate faith here in a great way to us, how it works. Why did he pick such an insignificant prayer. Why didn't he say, Lord, I need to build a mighty church? <laughs> uh, but God's, God's showing us that uh, he cares about us. And he's used a little thing. Uh, to me, this is a light thing. I walk in on water is a great miracle, but it's not some like doing a magnificent work for the Lord. Amen? Are you with me? So Peter says, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you on the water. Verse 29. And he said what? Come. How many, how many words did God speak here? One word. But is it the word of God? Yeah, it came out of his mouth. Whether he writes it, it gives it to a prophet or whatever. But this came right from Jesus' mouth, who's God in the flesh. Amen. Uh, Colossians says, all the fullness of the Godhead was in him bodily. All that God is was in Christ. Okay. So he says, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Let me finish it and then we'll go back. But when he saw that the wind, the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, Thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And then they were in the ship. Uh, they came and worshiped him saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. So let's let's look at this story here and see the three parts that we have. Number one, the word of God came to Peter, and what was that word? Come, okay. 
All right. So the word of God is infallible. So if God says you can come to me on the water, can you do it? Yes. We need to believe that because I'm telling you in 44 years, counseling and working, teaching, living the Christian life, I found that I'm selective in some areas. I just believe God totally. I believed I could build a church in Silver Spring. Nothing was going to stop me. I believed we could start a Christian school. We didn't have any money. I just believed we could do it. We stepped, stepped out to do it and God did miracles. Amen. Then some other areas, I won't tell you all my weak points. I, God said you could do this, and I didn't trust him. Come on, brother, I'm honest. Amen. If we analyze our lives, you'll see you're strong in some areas, but not in another. But listen to me. Everything that God said or promised or commanded, you can do, and it can come to pass if we will have faith. But faith can fail. And it fails very quickly a lot of times. Amen. So we see then, Peter's got the word uh, to come. So what's the next thing he did? I can see Peter. Hey, John, he said I could come on the water. He's all he's pumped up. He's got hope. Amen. Yeah, hope is an excitement, an attitude. Uh, the thing's going to be fulfilled. They come to pass. So he's got hope in him that Jesus said I could come. Uh, and I love this story because out of all the disciples in the ship, how many wanted to get out of the out on the water? Only one. Amen. Yeah. So anyway, God says, come. And now he puts his hope in that. And listen to me. He would not walk on the water unless he does one more thing. What's he got to do? Got to get out of the boat. Amen. Here's what we do at faith. Oh, God says, come. Hey, I can come on the water. Here's the boat. We get out. Look, I'm on the water. What am I doing? Still holding on to the boat. That's what we do. After Listen, when you have faith, it has to be. Total faith, total trust. Amen. You need to let go of the boat. Sometimes we just, if you got a backup plan, you haven't trusted God. I mean, if there's something you're still holding on to and trusting that, you're not trusting Him fully. Amen. And we can fool ourselves. Humans do it all the time. Oh, I'm trusting God, but you're not fully trusting God. Amen. And we need to be very careful about it. So. You need to have all these three parts. Peter got the word to come. He got excited about it. And then he stepped out of the boat and began to walk on the water. What was going on when he got out of the boat and walked on the water? What was happening around him? A storm, amen? Big waves. Yeah, listen, there's a teaching here. In your entire life, you try to live by faith, there's always a storm. Always. Because the devil's not going away. Not till he's locked up later. Amen. Right now he's here in his angelic realm with him, the evil angels with him. And they're there and they are causing trouble. Boy, they're sure hurting America right now. And they're hurting the churches big time by uh, putting these rules to shut down the churches and things like that, the size of the meetings and all kinds of stuff. So we see then. There's always a storm. So Peter's got to get out of the boat in the midst of a storm. So when what do we do in the Christian life when we have the word of God? Okay, he had God himself with his word, but we have God himself with the written word. Amen? So when this Bible speaks to me, and it does, you read Revelation chapters 2 and 3 where he wrote seven letters to the churches, and you're supposed to read those letters, that's reading, at the end of them, it always says, hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. 
So when you're reading the Word of God, you're hearing what the Spirit says, right? And faith comes by what? Hearing, by the way. When you hear the preacher expound the words of God, or you read the words of God, you're hearing the Word of God, and you need to put your faith in that. And you need to do what Peter did when he first started. He went toward Jesus. His eyes were on who? Jesus. His eyes were on Jesus. Hey, I can go to Jesus. He wasn't looking backward on the ship. He's looking at Jesus. I'm going to go to Jesus. Amen. And he was doing great as long as he kept his eyes on who? Jesus. And you will do great in faith as long as you keep your eyes on the promise you're claiming. When God made you a promise, you said, "I'm Lord, that's for me. I'm trusting this promise you made. How about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? In all thy ways, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, that's everything you do, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Do you believe that? Do we live according to that? Not always. Uh, not always. Amen. Boy, when I want a new pickup, I don't listen to the Lord. Amen. Because he would say, no, that's too much money. You get this old pickup over here. Uh, but if we would trust him and keep our eyes on him, he said he'll direct my past. Will he do it? Yeah. He will not fail on his part. So we can put our faith in his word that he'll direct my past. Young person here, if you're not married, and you're praying for a wife, God founded marriage, amen? Yeah, you can pray for a, a mate and you need to have faith that God will lead you to the right one. Let him direct your path, amen? Yeah. Moms and dads, uh, we always think faith is uh, for big, gigantic miracles like building churches and things. But God said to raise up your children in the way they should go. That's not easy to do. You say, well, I, I, I can't handle these kids. I can't do this. Yes, you can. God told you to raise them up. And by faith, you can do it. You have to have faith in trusting all the things God taught you to do about raising children. We listen to the world instead of God. Amen? We need faith in our practical marriages, in our raising of children, in the everyday things. We need to live by faith. Not just the big miracles, well, you call them, but everyday living. Amen? You can be faithful to church. You can tithe because God's asked you to tithe. Amen? You say, I can't do it. By faith, you can do it. I can't doesn't exist in faith. I can exist in faith. Amen? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You step out in faith, it pleases God, and he'll strengthen you. He made, He allowed Peter to walk on the water. Amen. And he was doing good. He had his eyes on the Lord. And then what happened? All of a sudden, he looked to the side a little bit and saw a big wave. Oh my, here comes a 20-foot wave. What? I'm going to get crushed. I'm going to be drowned. I'm going to do this. Uh, the storm's always there. He started out in the storm, was doing good. What he did wrong was he took his eyes off God. And then what happened? He began to be afraid. We do that too. Say, oh, I lost my job. Hey, God's asked you to work hard and diligently. You can pray, say, Lord, you said I need to work. I'm supposed to, a man, I'm supposed to take care of my family. I need a job. God's word teaches, he's commanded you to work. You can say, Lord, you said I need to work. I need a job. I'm going to trust you to get me a job. Amen. But then you look at the society, say, oh, there's just no jobs out there. You, be, you take your eyes off the Lord's teaching and we begin to be afraid. I can't find any work. I can't 
get a job. We begin to be afraid. And what happens when fear sets in? He began to what? Peter began to sink. Amen. So here's a here's an important teaching. Faith is the opposite. Fear is the opposite of hope. Fear negates hope. And unless you have all three parts working together, if your hope goes, your faith just went down the drain. God's not going to answer your prayer or honor your faith that you're stepping out to do. Does that make sense? The biggest thing we lose, the biggest area we fail in is losing hope. Uh, Sometimes it may take 20 years for something to come to pass. Anybody heard stories about someone who prayed for the salvation of somebody for 20 years? God wants people saved. You pray. And I've heard so many stories like that. But they never gave up. See, they didn't quit. And God, maybe that rascal didn't deserve to be saved. Amen. But I've seen God and heard testimonies of God saving people that were really pretty ornery. But someone prayed for them so long that God honored their prayer. And he'll do that. Faith pleases God. Amen. So when you start out on whatever promise or command you're following in the Bible, you need to never stop doing it until it's fulfilled. When you pray for something, don't stop praying until God answers. I've been praying for an advance on my inheritance. Amen. (laughs) I have treasures in heaven. I have an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled. Faith is not away. And I'm the only Christian in the world that asked God to give me an advance on my inheritance. But you know what? Now you laugh. I could really use some money. But he's never said no. So I'm not stopping. I tell my wife every time she goes to the mailbox, I'm expecting a big check, honey. Amen? <laughs> Say, Brother Drew, you really believe that? If Peter can walk on the water, what the dumbest thing I've ever seen, I can ask for an advance on my inheritance. Amen? Amen. Yeah. And I got a lot of money up there. I could use just a little down here. It won't hurt me too much up there. Amen? Yeah. I really believe the Bible. I got an inheritance. I, I can ask. He, he hasn't said no, so I'm not stop. I'm not going to stop. I pray every day. Lord, I need some finances. I don't get to preach a lot. Evangelism, there's no big money in evangelism. There was no money in Christian schools all the years we worked there. No money in Silver Springs. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've learned to trust God and ask him for miracles. So I'm just telling you, uh, uh, don't stop praying in the thing you're praying about that you're putting your faith in on the word of God. Don't stop until God answers the prayer. Even if it looks like it's the end of the world, even if it looks like you're going to die and he didn't answer, he can resurrect you and still do it. Nothing stops God. Amen. Yeah, we need to have faith. We need to come to the place where we're fully persuaded if God said it, he can do it. Amen. So then we'll go back here on this story. So, so understand that fear negates hope. When You need to then use that as a warning for yourself. Christians need to learn to catch themselves when they're beginning to get afraid and things you trusted God for. And then you should say, oh, wait a minute. That's not right. I'm putting my hope back in God. God said it. It's got to work. Amen? We need to get to that place. So then Peter stepped out on the water. He saw the, the, began to see the storm and he began to sink. So we'll go over to verse number 30. But when he saw the wind boisterous and he was afraid, he beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. 
Immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, listen to what he said, O thou of what? Little faith. There's all kinds of terms in the Bible. There's no faith mentioned, little faith, weak faith, okay, strong faith, great faith. If you study the examples on where Jesus said, that man has great faith, the thing they did was always, he said one of the uh, centurion said to Jesus, uh, you don't have to come to my house. You said it. Your word's good enough for me. That's all I need. Trusted the word of God. Fully. Fully. He says, you don't even have to come to my house and touch him or whatever you do to heal somebody. Just just say the word. And that's good enough. And he was away. It took him time to get back home to see if his son was healed. Uh, but he just trusted Jesus. Jesus said, that man has great faith. Because he believed God, trusted it totally with his whole heart and acted upon it, he went to Jesus and asked, okay? Prayer is an action. You don't always have to get out of a boat and walk on water. If you're claiming a promise, you can, praying and asking for God to bless it, that's an action, amen? So prayer is an action. But if there's no action, then where faith is not going to work. So we see in this story so far, all three elements, Peter had the word of God, he got excited and hoped, and he took action and stepped out of the boat and walked on the water. See, then he began to look at his surroundings and the circumstances. America doesn't look too good right now, right? A lot of us need to be trusting God for food, for jobs, for our health. Amen? We need to be praying for God. He's promised help in all of these areas. He's promised just blanketly to be our help. He's our help, the Bible says. So all the areas you need help, you can pray to God. Psalm 34 is my favorite. It says three times he'll deliver you out of all your troubles if you pray and call on the Lord. This poor man cried and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. That's one of the greatest verses in the Bible. Not, can, not only does God deliver you from your troubles, he says two other times in Psalm 34, but he delivered you from the worries about it, the fears. That's important. Boy, we're, we're fearful creatures, amen? Yeah, and then that's, that Psalm 34, I love it. He says, it'll deliver you out of all your troubles. All means all of them. That means the ones that I made myself. I'm really good at getting me in trouble. Amen? Yeah, especially the credit cards. We get in a lot of trouble with credit cards. Can God deliver you out of all your troubles? Yeah, it doesn't say, I'll deliver you from all the ones that come against you, but the ones you made, you got to get out yourself. It doesn't say that. No, God said, I'll deliver you out of all your troubles if you call on the Lord, amen? If you trust his promises, he said he would help. And so many other promises in there. So let's go on here. So Peter cried out, say, Lord, save me. And uh, Jesus says, oh, thou of little faith. Um, tonight I'll mention about how to increase your faith. I'll be preaching tonight. How, how can I get my faith to be stronger? We'll look at that, Okay. But right here he says little. We need to go from little to great faith. Amen? And then he says, uh, and then the wind ceased and he, uh, he brought him into the ship and so forth. He says, I want to cover the last word there. O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Okay, so here's the sequence. Fear is the opposite of hope. Fear negates hope. He began to be afraid. He began to lose his hope and he began to what? Sink. And then Jesus comes and says, Oh, thou of little faith, why did you doubt? Once you 
begin to give into the fear and lose your hope, faith fails, and the opposite of faith is doubt. So we see, fear is the opposite of hope, doubt is the opposite of faith. So when you don't have faith, you're doubting God's word. But God's word's infallible, amen? We need to grow to the place where we, we just do not, you, you need to refuse to doubt God. You need to refuse to give in to losing hope in something God said. And I just have to trust my 44 years in the ministry. We lose hope real easy, amen? We, how many doubt God all the time? Oh boy. Uh, I, we used to say this in Bible college, or we were taught this. Uh, don't undo and doubt what you did in faith. Because it's the opposite of faith. So, anyway, do you see this critical uh, teaching on the three parts of faith? So if you're going to claim a promise of God and then just uh, uh, get excited about it, but don't take any action that's required for it to come to pass, then it's not going to work. Amen? If you step out in faith and begin to trust Him, most of us do that, and you begin to fear and lose hope, faith is going to fail. And that would be sad. We should be winning the victories in life. We should be living a victorious Christian life And you can, because faith pleases God. And we're commanded to live by faith. Amen? So, is that any help to you at all? People have told me that this helps me. Uh, Many people have come to me and said, I catch myself all the time saying, oh, this is hopeless. (laughs) That seems to be real common amongst the people. And you have to fight that. Listen, God doesn't just slam you to the ground the very instant you say there's no hope. He understands we have a dual nature, the old man and the new. And the old man speaks up a lot, right? So God's going to give you a chance. When your old man just says, oh, there's no hope, he's going to give you time to correct it. Say, wait a minute, Lord, that's my old man. My new man believes what you said. Amen? Yeah, you need to let the new man stand up and override the old man. Amen. Well, those are my thoughts this morning. Tonight we'll look at, if you come back, how, how to increase your faith. It can be done. We can go from little faith and weak faith to great faith. Amen? And we'll look at some of that teaching tonight. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I do thank you for a chance to preach. I, I'm sharing some thoughts here that have helped a lot of people over the years. hope it's a help to some here. Lord, we need to be mighty in faith, strong in faith. And Lord, we... We need to be seeing more answered prayers and more fulfillment. Faith is the fulfilling of uh, the things we hope for. Help us realize how critical hope is. Help us realize that we must take action. We need to step out of the boat. And Lord, when we do that, we need to realize your word never fails. It will come to pass as long as we keep our eyes on you and don't, don't begin to fear. Lord bless now, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.